What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Trademark Realty Podcast. We are here in Bismarck, North Dakota, and today we're featuring Logan Dykert, one of the agents in our office, and he has some things to go over. He's trying to go over the top 10 things to do when you're buying a home. So based off of his expertise and his knowledge and the stuff that he's been able to put together and just some of the stuff that he's noticed with his clients and that he's worked with in the market, he has his own list of a few things he thinks. And I guess I'm just going to turn it over to him and let him start with number one. So Logan, what, what's one of the things that, you, or that you've prepared on your list? So I think the first thing you need to do is find a mortgage lender. Even before finding an agent, it's good to know what your budget's going to be and how much you can afford. Okay, so when they go in to do that, is there certain things that they should, I guess, be prepared for that meeting? Should they bring in, like, I don't know, income statements or anything like that, or what should they bring? So that goes along with the number two. I said get pre-approved. Once you find a lender, shop around, because each place is able to get you different rates for what you're looking for, um, whether you need a VA FHA or just a conventional loan um, but yeah you'll need monthly statements of your income um, I think you need your ID um, like social security, social security that kind card, of stuff yeah. that's all things that they'll tell you to bring so the next thing they'll tell you to do is not to, to do anything that's gonna hurt your credit um, if you can avoid it at all don't quit your job or get fired from your job um, don't buy unnecessary things like a new car or open up another unnecessary credit card. Um, that's all things that are going to ruin your credit and really affect how much you can afford or even getting pre-approved for a loan. Okay, is there a certain credit score that pretty much all of the lenders are looking for or does it vary depending on which lending firm you're choosing? I'm not a whole 100% sure, but I th- I've heard from a couple lenders that 740 is one of the best kind of thresholds um that's what they look for for a decent loan um i'm not 100 percent sure on that but but that's just what i've been i've heard um so before even finding agent that's that's the top three things i would do so there's definitely some i mean is this do you think that this is busy work on their end that they should do before contacting an agent or does a lot of time do agents i guess help them get this process started with those steps as well um i think if you know you have an agent or you're, or you're working with one already, this is things that they should be telling you. Um, but if not, yeah, it's definitely something that you can do on your own um, even okay. before you, you think about buying is figuring out what your financials are. Okay. What's What are your other tips that you got? So the fourth thing fourth thing is, is finding an agent. Um, this too, shop around. Find someone that knows the market you're in. Um, not necessarily you don't have to always use your friend find someone that's going to to get you the best deal and and really knows what you're looking for um, particularly where it's at um, and things like that okay what with that I mean do you think that they should be talking to multiple agents before they decide to sign on with somebody or if it was me I would just because you want to get a taste for as many people as possible. Taste, yeah, taste for as many people as possible. Each agent has a different style, a different way of working. Um, it could turn out that you get halfway through it and you end up not liking each other. Right. Well, then you have a signed contract. Um, with so, someone who you're not compatible with. Yep. 
Okay, that that makes sense. I can see that too. So the fifth thing is is reviewing with your agent, obviously what you're pre-approved for. Um, that way you're not stuck on buying this home, but you can't afford it, or maybe you can afford more than what you thought. Um, that's always an, a thing that happens too. Also reviewing with your agent what your style is. There's so many different styles, especially in Bismarck. There's a lot of older homes, but yet there's a lot of new construction going on. So I think finding what works for you and what you're going to like, I think you're you're really going to benefit from from reviewing with your agent what you can owe and what you what you want. Um, the next thing I have is finding out every expense. Obviously, with buying a house, there's some small details that um, come along with it that not everyone thinks about. Um, like with maintenance or maintenance, um, the cost of what it it's going to take to move, um, you know, either paying people or or finding friends and family to do it. That's a small cost that you're going to have to pay for. Um, switching different companies like your security, your cable companies. There's, I imagine, some small fees with that. They're just like basically the little like miscellaneous things really can start to add up if you're not aware of them. Yep. And then the next thing I have is consider extra expenses like if the new area has homeowner association fees, um, if your taxes are going to go up or down. Um, and then in Bismarck we have specials um, which are sometimes a scary thing for people. Um, and I think that specials aren't always a set price. And so there's always going to it's never fluctuation. Yes, it's never one number. So I think so I've heard. I guess I've heard like before. I don't. I never knew if this was like a stereotype or like stigmatized. But is it true that like corner houses get hit with twice the amount typically, or is that not a thing? I don't know. That's twice the amount, but they do get a little bit extra because there are there is more sidewalk. Um, so just because it faces two directions of the street, they're usually yes. There's they're paying for a little bit more sidewalk. Yeah. I think. Is I mean, I, I I think you know stuff like that for some people is probably like a big deal, and then others probably you know don't even bat an eye at stuff like that because it's just mm -hmm. not really a priority to them or anything, you know. Yeah. So. So I think we're on number eight now. Those seven are the first things you do, in my opinion, before you even start looking for a home. At this point, I think. Once you've considered all those, you can. That's when you can really start looking for homes, um, either with your agent or going to weekly open houses. Um. So what's what's the rule at open houses? If there, if let's say you have a a client that's already signed, signed on with an agent, are they still allowed to talk to the other agents at the open house regarding what they're looking for? Or I guess what are the rules on that? Yes, um, you can go to as many open houses as you want. You can talk to the agent, find out you know information on the home. That's not something I would have to be there with you for. Um, and then if the agent asks, just simply say, you know, I'm already working with an agent, but thank you. Um, and they're they should be willing to still help you and, and show you around the house. Um, and if they aren't, shame on them, I guess. <laughs> then then that's on them. Yeah. Um, number nine, even if you do find the one you're completely 100% set on, always, always, always find a plan B and C. There's always random things that pop up, um, not always, but sometimes 
there's weird things that'll pop up and maybe you don't get that house and then you're stuck. Right. Then it goes back to square one of going and looking at more houses and I think it's always a good idea to have a plan B and maybe even a C. I'd agree. I mean, I could see that happening too. Some people would, you know, if another group of clients put in an offer and all of a sudden, you know, you could lose out when it comes to bidding time for who's asking or who's or how the homeowner's getting the most for their house they're obviously going to go with that person so i could see that too how it probably would be good to have like a b and a c option just in case you have to resort to that yep and then the last thing is once you do technically put a contract or purchase a home or whatever understand what your closing costs are going to be each house is going to have different closing costs um, each lender could dif potentially have different fees that they have um, so really talking between your agent, your lender, and the title company um, to figure out exactly what you're going to owe so that when you go to the table, um, you're not surprised at what the number is going to be. So is it usually a fixed percentage with that of the sale of the house? Or is it, I mean, is there variables depending on who you go through for what the end cost could be for that closing cost expense? Um, there's different variables. Um, different lenders charge fees um, and maybe they're gonna waive those fees so that could do it um, title companies can charge different fees as far as the, the work that goes in with the title search uh, maybe you have to buy an abstract or get one made that's a fee um, or if you would want one made that's always something you can do um, yeah all right, well, cool. Those are Logan Dykert's 10 tips on buying a home and kind of what to look for, what to watch out for. Just I figure the more information that we're giving to you, the better off and more informed you will actually be when it comes to purchasing that house. A lot of times people get apprehensive, you know, people get cold feet or stuff sounds scary or, you know, people will think about looking and then all of a sudden the stress of everything that goes into it can shy them away. And I think the goal with this podcast is just for us to try to connect with as many people as we can to show that there is organized steps to this and it's a very easy and simplistic process when you have the right agent guiding you side by side through the entire deal. So we hope that you enjoyed this podcast. If you did, be sure to give it a like. Anything in the comment section, whether that be Facebook or if you're listening in on Anchor, Stitcher, or iTunes, leave that in the comment section. And we will get back to you right away. Thank you guys for tuning in. We'll see you next time.